Welcome to the True Adventure Podcast, episode 47. The True Adventure Podcast is the podcast where you already know that Mother Nature is crucial in becoming the best version of yourself. So we're going to take that to the next level. Here, we learn how to use Mother Nature's lessons to grow, excel, and become our truest self. So let us do just that. Welcome to the True Adventure Podcast. Hello friends, happy Friday. I'm your host, Karina Baldwin. I am so happy you are here. I know I say that every week, but truly thank you for showing up, for listening to this podcast, for sending reviews, for leaving stars. I appreciate you. You are incredible. And remember every time that you review this podcast, either on Apple or on Spotify or wherever you listen, the more people that review it, the more people that can hear this. So I truly appreciate you. If you resonate with any of these episodes, any of these guests, any of these previous retreaters, co-hosts, business owners, whatever I have on this podcast, please leave us a review, leave us a rating. I would love to hear from you. Send me a DM, screenshot next time that you are listening to this podcast and then put it up on your story on Instagram. I would love to see it. I would absolutely repost it. I love when seeing you guys listen to this and apply these things out in real life because truly that's where the true adventure is, is going out and doing the dang thing. So I appreciate you. All right, today's episode. Today's episode, I have a retreater from the Baja Business Retreat. I am very excited about this one. Her and I actually, um, I'm, I hired her now. Um, and so she hired me for the retreat. I hire her for copywriting. She is an email marketer and she is just a 20-something-year-old killing it out in this world. She went a non-traditional path. She saw corporate America was just not her thing. Um, and we talk a lot about how it's okay that corporate America is your thing. And for some people, corporate is the right path. And so I want you to hear that because I think a lot of Instagram and the wanderlust and the nomad life really promotes all the good of owning your own business, all the good of being a content creator, being a solopreneur, being a nomad. And don't get me wrong, there are lots of goods. But guess what? There are lots of goods in corporate. Honestly, when this guest started talking about her corporate, I was like, swag bags, free clothes? That sounds amazing. (laughs) So that's definitely something to think about. Which benefits do you want to have? Do you want to have the quote-unquote security of a job? Do you want to have the quote-unquote freedom security of entrepreneurship? Whatever it is that you want to have, own it. Because corporate America is also good sometimes. And I think for some people, we forget that. We're like, we have to figure out how to own our own business. And for some people, the entrepreneur itch is out there. It is stomping at our door. It is knocking it down. But some of us, I know, you know, I talk about someone very close to me in the podcast as well, that they're like, I want to work for somebody because it's something that I want to work on what I want to work on. So 
I want you to really hear that when we talk about that, that you do not have to be an entrepreneur in order to go out and adventure and find freedom. Because honestly, entrepreneurs, they work more than 40 hours a week. A lot of them. So <laughs> it's not like all of a sudden all your problems of PTO are fixed when you go entrepreneur path. So I wanted you to really hear that and me to reiterate that before we even dive into this podcast. So I am very excited to hear this episode. I'm very excited to listen to this myself as well. I also wanted to point out that there is only one spot left on the Zion Hiking and Yoga Retreat. So when I am recording this, which is April 14th, there is only one spot left on the Zion Retreat. So head down to the show notes. I will make note there. Come the episode live if that spot is still open and available, but you are not going to want to miss out on this. We have Angel's Landing Permits. We are doing mental performance coaching there. We are doing mental skills workshops. We are learning all about the the Zion Canyon as well as yourself. We're really deep diving into what kind of life you want to create in your future and how you get from point A to point B. So we're looking at where you are right now and then how are you actually going to stay in a high value cycle, meaning how are you going to actually stay doing high value actions in your life, things that actually make change, things that actually either make money or make time for you or make energy for you. I know energy is such a precious resource, and for me, energy was such a big resource that I was missing out on. I was constantly drained, constantly overwhelmed, just constantly in a cycle of burnout, and once I started changing and prioritizing myself, and I will teach you how to do that on the Zion Hiking and Yoga Retreat, Adventure and Yoga Retreat, I will teach you how to prioritize yourself more than just, I'm going to have a Sunday in and have a bubble bath and a glass of champagne. Like we are getting down to the high value actions that are actually going to fulfill you in creating the energy or the time or the money. It's usually one of those three things, right? You either don't have enough time, don't have enough money, don't have enough energy. And like those are the things that typically people kind of feel lost on, either time for themselves, time for their family, time for work, um, or some variation of that. And then same thing with energy, right? Like we don't have enough energy to play with our kids. We don't have enough energy to be with our partner. We don't have enough energy to even practice self-care because we're just so exhausted. We just want to go to bed. There is no self-care routine. Routine. And then same thing with money, right? If you may even be able to pay your bills, but you're not able to go on the vacation you want, or maybe it's down to the basics of, I don't know how to pay off my loans or my debt or whatever it is. And don't get me wrong, we're not talking about finances on these retreats, but we're talking about how we can use how everything in the universe is an exchange of energy. Everything in the universe, if I go to a smoothie bar I hand them a $10 bill because God, smoothies are $10 now. (laughs) That energy that I created in making that $10 bills has now been transferred to that smoothie store owner. And in exchange, the energy of creating that smoothie and then me consuming that smoothie, it's literally an exchange of energy, right? And we'll get down to the basics of energy exchange and we will understand how 
you can stay in a high value cycle by controlling your energy exchange a little bit more by your thoughts, right? This sounds very woo-woo. This may sound very Yoda-y, right? Like, think with the force you must. But it is all backed in science. Because what happens is when you think a thought, you feel an emotion, and physiologically, so anatomically inside the body, different things start happening. So your stomach jitters or your heart rate races, those kinds of things, so physiological reactions. That all comes because of how your brain interprets the world around you. And what brain interpretation is, is literally a thought, right? So it's not super complex. We have a thought, we feel a feeling, We sense physiological things that happen, and then we put a reaction out into the world. We do something, or we don't do something. That's the basic of it, right? So how can you begin to change your thoughts and your energy in order to put out into the world goodness? And also perceive, so having thoughts that you are receiving energy back. So that's what we're going to get down to in Zion. If that sounds exciting to you, we are spending six days in Zion. So three full days of hiking, two um, days hanging around the cabin, hanging around Springdale. We are exploring the area. It's super cute. Love the rock shops there. I literally brought home 20 pounds worth of rocks and my bag was over and the lady at the airport was like, what do you have in here? Rocks? And I was like, actually, yes, I do. (laughs) So... Join us in Zion. I will put that down in the show notes. There's one spot left, my friends. One. All right. Without further ado, let us get right into the episode. Here we go, my friends. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Karina Baldwin. I am so excited that you're here. I have another client interview. I am so excited to introduce her. Her name is Molly Nutt. She owns Acorn Digital Strategy, which is a marketing agency based in Seattle, Washington. Her and her team help grow wellness and lifestyle brands to elevate their online presence through website design, copywriting, email marketing, social media, blogs, and more. Molly's passionate about helping other women grow their empires through strategic online marketing. Molly, I am so excited that you are here. She was also on the Baja Business Reset Retreat, and I'm and now a friend. Molly and I have been texting back and forth, and I'm asking her professional advice and personal advice. So, Molly, I'm so glad that you are here. Tell everyone a little bit more about you. Hello. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. A little bit more about me. Um, Business-wise, I started my company about two years ago while I was working in corporate America. Mm -hmm. Uh, Corporate vibe wasn't for me. Growing or uh, climbing the corporate ladder seemed daunting, exhausting, and too time-consuming. So I threw that ladder out the window and started my own company. Uh, Everything has been going great. Um, But obviously there's kinks in every journey as a business owner. So the reset retreat was really helpful for me in that aspect. Uh, Non-business wise, I am an outdoors lover as well. Uh, Love adventuring, love hiking, love exploring, and excited to make more space in my life for those outdoor fun adventures and less work. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. The like work-life balance is so hard as an entrepreneur and because- especially with an online business like yours is you can work from anywhere at any time. And it almost feels 
it's easy to work seven days a week and it's hard for us to like check out, turn off and like not work. Exactly. I just shared this like Instagram reel the other day to my stories that it was this guy sitting on a jet ski with his laptop. And it's like, oh, I saw that. (laughs) It's like when you're an online business owner working on every vacation and he was like flying through a lake with his laptop. It made me die because it's so true. I've gone on so many vacations in the past year that my laptop is like glued to my hip because I'm scared Mm -hmm. that if I stop working, clients will get upset, all the things. So that's my goal this year is to not be the guy on the jet ski with the laptop. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I just saw, it's so funny that you posted that because literally yesterday, one of my co-hosts for a future retreat was just on her stories talking about, because she's a content creator for brands. And she was like, yeah, I get to do all these really cool things and stay in cabins for free and like go on all these adventures and work with these really cool brands. And she's like, but I work seven days a week. So, you know, yes, you get all these like really cool experiences with your ability to be online and be a nomad and like do all those things. But also there comes different stress, different like things that come with it. So, um, anyway, what kind of outdoorsy things are you into? Like share what that looks like for you. What's a, what's your favorite type of adventure? I love hiking, like long day hikes. Mm. I, it was funny. I was talking to my boyfriend about it. My 2023 identities are going to be backpacker and snowboarder. Cause I've only backpacked. I mean, technically it wasn't even a backpack. It was a long day hike. And then we camped at like a campsite. Mm. So I've yeah. yet to look back. Um, and then I've snowboarded like twice, but my boyfriend and his whole family are snowboarders. So I'm like, I'm committed to learning this coming winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, outdoor adventuring is really just like walking amongst the trees. Yeah. <laughs> not super thrilling or like, I mean, it's fun, but it's it not, is. but it's not like there's no adrenaline rush really. When right. The yeah. Tree. Right. So I'm trying to push myself more. He wants me to learn how to uh, mountain bike, but I don't know if that's going to be an identity of mine in 2020, maybe 2024. We'll maybe. Yeah. We, we hold on one adrenaline sport at a time. You're like right. snowboarding, backpacking now mountain biking will come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mountain biking is definitely one of those ones. It's been on my list for so long, but it's also been on my list for so long that I keep putting it off. Cause it's also another just really expensive threshold to get over like so many outdoorsy sports other than hiking have such a high financial threshold like backpacking even secondhand gear if you need everything you're looking at like two grand Mm -hmm. minimum you know a nice snowboard setup actually snowboards are a lot cheaper than skis so you pick the right one (laughs) (laughs) good anyways so tell everyone kind of about your journey into entrepreneurship. Like you touched on, and I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper into corporate world wasn't for you. Like, how did you, let's start with how do you knew that corporate ladder was not like it for you and how you got into entrepreneurship. And then maybe if you want to touch on like how you picked like your services that you have now, um, like how did you make that transition? What was the mindset? What was the thought process? How did you do that? Yeah. So I went to school for marketing, specifically digital marketing. So what I was learning in school, I knew I wanted to pursue. 
Um, I ended up getting an internship at a big corporation here in the Seattle area, and then they hired me full-time afterwards. So it was a three or four month internship. And then I moved into, you know, a specialist role. I was in communications, So it wasn't specifically, you know, the digital marketing career that I envisioned for myself, but I was working on a great team. I was learning a lot. I was doing a ton of writing, which directly translates into my job now as a copywriter. Um, so being in corporate, it, it felt like the right thing to do. It was a responsible decision after college. Mm. It's what my parents expected. It's what I expected, mm-hmm. right? Like you get a secure corporate job. It had amazing benefits. It was very comfy, cushy. Um, it was the the normal successful route to take. I could climb mm-hmm. the corporate ladder, all the things. Um, honestly, it's COVID that made me realize that I didn't love it as much uh, like I drank the Kool-Aid, I think a little bit too soon in the corporation yeah. of like, this is great. This is, we get free stuff all the time. Like they gave me, you know, a, a nice speaker and a backpack and free clothes all the time. Like it was everything that you could want in like a corporate career, mm-hmm. but then COVID came and I was working from home and I was working very long days. It was not fun work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in diversity, equity, and inclusion communications during a lot of the social unrest that was happening. Mm-hmm. So it was really intense work, um, very emotionally draining, mm-hmm. and it was not filling my cup. Um, and I, I want to tread lightly. I, I always do when I talk about my transition from corporate to um, owning my own business, because corporate careers are not a bad thing. They are yeah. the right decision for a lot of people. Not everybody yeah. is meant to be a business owner. Not everybody should be a business owner. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I always like talk about it. Like it's like the most deep dive therapy because all the shit that's in there that you didn't know is in there comes out when you become an yes. entrepreneur, like yes. all the dark thoughts, all the scary things. Exactly. It's a ton to work through. And also you think about, you know, the benefits, the, the job security, which I think is an arguable topic right now. We're seeing a lot of layoffs and a lot of comfy corporate positions, but, um, you know, for people that have families, maybe starting a business doesn't feel right to them. So I approach this topic as corporate wasn't for me. It didn't Mm -hmm. fill my cup. The idea of waiting a few years for a promotion to make more money and maybe get a few thousand dollar bonus at the end of the year for working really hard. It just, it felt like delayed gratification that I wasn't willing to wait for. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working way more than I wanted to, which is ironic because now I work like twice as much as a business owner. <laughs> but you know, it's like as a business owner, the more you work, the more you make. In corporate, yeah. the more you work, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make more anytime soon. Like <laughs> yeah. two years from now, you'll get a promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so COVID happened. I um, started taking on a few clients. I was really lucky too, because my boyfriend at the time, he was considering leaving his corporate position too. So he mm-hmm took his business full-time about four months before I did. So we were both kind of going through this transition journey together and really supporting each other through it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was in his corner, like, send the email, quit, you can do it. And then he was in my corner, you know, like, send the email, quit, you can do it. Uh, so it was really fun going through that together. Um, so I took on a few clients while I was working in corporate. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't actually quit my corporate job until I had enough clients to replace the income that I was making at corporate or about close mm-hmm. to it. Um, so I tried to go about it very financially 
safe in, yeah. in a safe way. Right. It mm-hmm. wasn't like quit and then figure it out. Um, and that was about a year and a half ago now that I actually quit. So that's amazing. Congratulations. Like that's such a big thing. And like, to your point, and I fully agree with you with the, like treading lightly with corporate, because I think a lot of people only see the good side of entrepreneurship because like, that's, I mean, honestly, like what we put out into the world is like when things are going really well, you don't see the other side of it sometimes or the good side of corporate. Like I have friends that love their job and they're seen as like traditional nine to fivers and they are given freedom and they are working online and they're able to travel more or they have tons of PTO or whatever it is. And they have different benefits that suit them. And they're like, I don't want to do the entrepreneurship thing. And sometimes I, it's kind of funny because sometimes people really close to me, my boyfriend doesn't want to ever own his own business. And I'm like, why? It's so fun. He's like, you cried last week. Like, no. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but this week is, but I love it. But I love it. And, um, but he's like, no, he's like, I love working in it. And he's like, I don't want to manage. I don't want to do those things. He's like, I like the like role of the job that I'm in. He's an engineer. And he's like, I like engineering. He's like, I don't want to manage. I don't want to be in charge of people. I want to build things. And I was like, that's fair. That's smart. You know? And like, yeah, to your point, he would not do well as an entrepreneur because innately he doesn't want to do all the things that come with entrepreneurship. So nine to fives and corporates are really good places for people that love doing the thing Mm -hmm. and not necessarily doing the, the management of chaos, which is what a lot of entrepreneurship is. Seriously, the accounting, the bookkeeping, the client management, the being a boss now, running payroll, like, oh God. Yeah. Who would have thought that we would be doing all of these things? And in our twenties too, first of all. I know a lot, a lot of people think I'm older than I am. I'm 26. And so when I quit corporate, I was 24. Mm. So when people like, you know, I'm growing a business at age 24 and Mm -hmm. a successful business at that people think I'm like in my thirties. I'm like, hopefully I don't, I don't look 30 yet. (laughs) I'll take (laughs) confidence compliment at least. Yeah. I get that a lot. And like, even when I worked in my corporate job with the army and particularly from like older, a lot older people who are taking it, my education information, like I was educating them on something and they'd be like, you're like 12. How do you know all of this? And I'm like, homeschool. I got a master's. Like I have experience. I've been working in this field for five years. And like, yeah, I'm at the time when I quit corporate, I was 27. So my one year anniversary is coming up in May actually. So congratulations. Thanks. Um, so that's really exciting. So, okay. So since we're talking about like all the different roles and the chaos and all the things of like the stress, the not as great, not as glamorous side of entrepreneurship, where were you at in your mental state, your health, your personal, your business, balancing all of those things prior to the Baja business retreat. And like, how did you know that was the retreat for you? Uh, to answer your first question, I was not well. (laughs) (laughs) It was not good. Um, I 
gratefully have gotten to the point in business that I have too much work, mm-hmm. which should not be something I complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm making more money than I could have ever imagined right now as a business owner. I want to be making more, of course, but the numbers I'm seeing now are like, holy cow, I didn't, I didn't expect this. Mm-hmm. So I was feeling overwhelmed by the amount of clients I was managing at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no sense of balance. Um, and, and in full transparency, I still don't have very good balance after the trade, but always working on implementing. <laughs> um, the stress was becoming, it was a mountain that was getting bigger and bigger to climb. Mm. I felt like I was constantly drowning. I felt like I had no control. Um, I felt like no matter how much I worked, I would never get to the bottom of my to-do list. Um, but I also felt really proud and excited to do the work. So it was like this really interesting contradiction between emotions of like stressed, overwhelmed, almost disappointed in myself that I let it get to this point of feeling so stressed mm-hmm. while being like, sign more clients. This is so exciting. I can't stop. Oh my gosh. What's next? What's the next income goal? So it was these two emotions colliding at the same time that resulted in just a lot of overwhelm for me. Um, and then your second question, what made me decide it was right. It was really appealing to have the idea of going somewhere to relax, going somewhere to like get away from my laptop and actually get some perspective on everything that was happening. Because as a business owner, I am in the weeds every single day. And I hadn't really in months taken a bird's eye view of my business to understand what was actually causing me this much stress. How can I fix it? So having that time to actually get perspective of, okay, I know it's a problem. Now I need time to fix the problem. And if I wouldn't have signed up to go to the retreat, I wouldn't have given myself any of that time because I would have just kept drowning and working through my to-do list instead of figuring out if the to-do list is even the right thing I should be tackling. And, you know, I've, I've been in the weeds for so long. It's like, how do I get out of it? Mm -hmm. So it really gave me the perspective I needed to figure out what the best next steps are. Yeah. And going on something that is almost an entire week, like we spent six days Mm -hmm. kind of checked out and the goal of it, I think I only saw, and you know what you did in your room, I don't know, but I only saw you on your laptop once. And I came over and I was like, are you working? You better be quick. Let's finish Mm -hmm. up and then get back to, you know, the bird's eye view of things. Mm -hmm. And to give yourself the opportunity over six days to kind of zoom out and see the bigger picture of things is such a gift. And we do not do that ever. And whether you're an entrepreneur or not, like that happens in the corporate wheel. Like, you know, you being on the hamster wheel looks very similar to the corporate person on the hamster wheel. It's just, you know, who's signing the paycheck is different, Mm -hmm. right? Stress is the same. It's just coming from different avenues. Mm -hmm. And so to actually give yourself six days to check out, Hey clients, I'll be back in six days. See you then. And you know, do what you need to do responsibility wise to make sure that like no fires are set in the six days, but also you're able to step back and see the bigger, bigger picture. What do you think the impact is if you didn't step back? Like, where do you think you would be right now if you did not step back? I think I would feel as if there was no light at the end of the tunnel. 
I think before going to the retreat, I knew that there was a way to get out of this hamster wheel of stress, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to yet. And while I am a little bit still on that hamster wheel right now, I am able to take steps and like see the light at the end of the tunnel and know what I need to do to get there. Mm -hmm. But if I wouldn't have taken that time to step back, I also wouldn't have realized how much stress I was holding in my body and how tight I was holding myself and how much of the like stress and overwhelm was like physically manifesting because at the end of the retreat, I felt so light. I felt relaxed for the first time in months. And I was like, I think the word I kept saying was like, I feel peaceful. Mm-hmm. And so it helped me realize that like, that is my natural state of being is peaceful, relaxed, calm. That's where I feel my best. I think that's where most people feel their best. Yeah. And yeah. Right? And I haven't been feeling that in any sense of the word mm-hmm. for a long time. So kind of getting that small glimpse into like, this is what state of being you should strive for mm-hmm. gave me hope of like, this is, it's possible. Now the light's at the end of the tunnel. And now I can like create small pockets of that in my day. It's not my whole day yet, but in due time it will come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those things like don't change overnight, right? You're not going to go from a hamster wheel of stress to all of a sudden you run your entire business with ease and calm and you're all light and all flowy and you know, like whatever that's not going to happen overnight. But like you said, like always working towards feeling that more often and more frequently, because like, that's all that we can ask for. The human body is not meant to not feel stress. Like it is meant to feel the, the like stress hormones. Cause also that's what working out is. That's what like doing something mentally hard is. That's what doing something physically scary or for the first time, like that's all stress as well. And we need that stuff to happen in order for us to grow. Um, and so we need stress in our lives, a good amount of stress. So you talking about how stress was manifesting itself in your body. I remember the first night was like kind of a big breakthrough in that way that we did what's called yoga nidra. And so for anyone who, um, is listening and doesn't know what yoga nidra is, it is basically uh, a guided meditation that I'll take my my retreaters through and I'll set them up in very like comfy lay down positions with lots of bolsters, lots of blankets. And I guide them through. And this particular one was a body scan. And so I take them as close to sleep because that's like the ultimate relaxation without going unconscious. Like the goal is to not go unconscious, but to still be aware and like taking in information, but like the physical form is super relaxed. So talk to me about kind of like what was going through your mind, your body? What did you feel? What did you think in that first night? Mm -hmm. So I do yoga probably two or three times a week on average. Mm -hmm. I love it, but I have a hard time being in the moment with it because normally it's in the morning that I do it. And then I know that I have a meeting when I get back or I have a project I need to get to or a client to respond to. So I never fully, I don't think let myself really enjoy the experience and like relax into it. Mm -hmm. So that first night of the retreat, I, I think for the first time in a while actually felt myself 
calm down, like deep nervous system, relax for the first time. Cause like, you, you know, you go to a yoga class at a gym and it's an hour long and it's like, yeah, that was nice. I feel restored in a little bit. got a good workout, mm-hmm. but you, you don't go into it then knowing that like you get five more days of this experience, right? It's like, okay, after that yoga class is over normally, okay, what's, what's next? Back, the to, next. back to things. Yeah. Yes. And so going through that experience, the first night was like, finally letting myself feel calm and like letting my guard down. I was crying by the end of it. Cause I felt so almost so disappointed in myself for not I should rephrase that. I felt disappointed in myself for holding that experience back from myself for the past few months. Cause I know what makes me feel good. I'm very in touch with my body. I'm very in touch with my mind. Like I feel like I'm very intuitive, but I've been ignoring all of that. Mm-hmm. And so in the moment of the yoga nidra, when I started crying, I was like, why did you let it get this far? Mm-hmm. Like, why did you do this to yourself? And I, I you know, I felt really disappointed, but I was also like, it was a wake up call that I needed for sure. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible that, and that's why I have that on the first night. I, um, used to do a physical like asana practice on the first night of retreats, but then there is one retreat where like everyone's flight was late. And I was like, you know what, let's just do a yoga nidra. And it was such a big like eye opener for all these retreaters that they were like, whoa, I haven't just sat with myself. I haven't actually relaxed. And like, to your point, a lot of them were on some, their own hamster wheel of whatever, and to give themselves the time and for you to make that connection of like, why asking that question of like, why did I do this to myself? That's the first step of seeing a change is you got to know that something needs to change is like that awareness, asking that question. So after that, what did the next five days hold for you? Like what were some of your big takeaways? And then we'll kind of dive into a little bit of like the workshop, the surfing and all of that. But like, what were some big takeaways that you got from the retreat? Oh gosh, where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) there are so many and so many good ones and different ones for different aspects of my life, which I think is why I'm like having a hard time pinpointing a single one to start off with. But I think most importantly, a takeaway was that I deserve to feel peace Mm -hmm. and I need to give myself permission to feel that because I am a doer. I am a giver. I am a like, what's next kind of person, Mm -hmm. you know, like I always want our place to be clean. I always want to have breakfast made and dinner made and have like meal prepped all the time. And, you know, on top of running a business, managing an employee. So I'm always go, 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 go. And I don't ask myself enough, like, what do, what do I need right now? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think getting that almost like blessing from myself of it's okay to check in and give yourself what you need and like maybe put some other people or tasks lower on your to-do list and move yourself up the list for once. Yeah. Um, That was a big one. Yeah. I think like the idea of giving yourself permission for whatever it is that you need is we, I think we don't think about how important that is. We're like, Oh, I know I can do that. It's like, yeah, but do you believe truly that you have permission from yourself to do those things? Like I remember when I almost dropped out of grad school 
I was like, I have to finish it. Like I have to finish it. I have to go and complete my schooling. And it wasn't until I almost, I legit, I didn't register for classes until the day before classes started, like literally was not going to show up for semester two. And um, my professor was like, uh, you coming? And I was like, I don't know yet. Um, and it wasn't until I like legitimately gave myself permission and I was like, okay, I'm going to return for semester two. And if I still don't like it, I'm dropping out. Like I'm okay that I'm going to be a dropout. I'm accepting, I'm giving myself permission. And oh my God, the weight that comes off of that to truly give yourself permission to do whatever it is that you're going to do is like mind boggling. Mm-hmm. It's insane. So powerful. So, Yeah, it really is. So what were some of the other, so that was your biggest is to give yourself permission to feel peaceful, give yourself permission to ask yourself what you need. What else? I think that was my biggest emotional takeaway. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest business takeaway was that what I thought were my problems in business were not my real problems in my business. (laughs) So for context, for those listening, I came to the retreat thinking I need more systems and processes. I need a better operational system. I need to update my project management system and have, you know, employees assign tasks at certain times and build automations. I thought it was a tech problem that I was having. (laughs) Turns out it wasn't. (laughs) Slap in the face. Nice slap Um, in the face. Yeah. I think my brain wanted to believe that it was just a tech problem that my business was having in terms of capacity to scale bigger. But what the real problem was were my pricing, my team structure, um, the way that I work with clients and the way that I have given up control of my processes to my clients. So I ended up diving way deeper into a business audit, if you will, of like, what is the actual, if I want a day filled with more peace and ease, what do I actually have to build out? Who, who should I be working with? Who should I hire? What does the structure of the, the day look like to support living with more ease and peace? And the answer wasn't a project management system with more automations. It <laughs> was dropping clients that didn't fulfill me. The answer was creating more structure around timelines and expectations with clients, um, releasing some team members that weren't working quite the way they should be, um, and then increasing a, a teammate's role on the team because she was doing incredibly. Mm. So there's been a lot of changes in the last gosh, it's been a month. In it's the last been a month. Mm-hmm. Since getting back, I've made a lot of changes. Um, and I feel like I'm really headed in the right direction now in terms of actually understanding what the problem is and then having an idea of how to solve it slowly over time. I love that. Yeah. It's, have you ever seen, and this will come full circle, I swear. Have you ever seen the video? I can't remember what it's actually advertising, but there's this woman and a man that are talking And this woman has like a six inch nail coming out of her forehead, obviously not real because she'd be dead, but like six inch nail coming out her forehead. And she's like, my head just like hurts. And like it, I just don't know what's wrong. And I have this like splitting headache and the man's like, there's a, there's a nail in your head like there. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, it's not about the nail. I just need you to listen to me. 
And she just keeps going on and on about how she has all this like headache and all this pain and she doesn't know what to do. And he's like, there's a nail in your forehead. And that like metaphor, it's never about the nail. Like it's never about the things that we think it's about. Like our stress comes from much deeper areas are like the chaos that we feel comes from much deeper areas than we think they're coming from. And whether whoever's perspective you're coming from, both of them are talking about two different things, right? She's talking about the emotional pain. He's talking about the physical pain. And they're both trying to figure out what each other are talking about, right? And the same thing goes with what was just happening with you, right? You thought that you needed systems and processes in order to run your business better and be less stressed. And it turns out you need this completely other thing. And that goes for whether you're a business owner or not. Your stress comes from somewhere and often it's never from the place that you thought Mm -hmm. because we're very complex beings. And I think we forget (laughs) that we are complex and that we have so many layers. We're like Shrek and an onion that we have so many layers to us that we need to go deeper than, oh, it's just because I work too many hours. Like it's probably much deeper than just simple Exactly. Yeah. And like for a practical example with that is I have, I'm so stressed because I have so many clients and I have so many clients because I didn't raise my prices soon enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't raise my prices soon enough because there's something inside of me thinking at that time that I didn't deserve more money. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like the problem of stress wasn't from, I didn't have the systems in place to support those clients. It was because I didn't believe I deserved enough, the money that I deserved. So yeah. it's like the, the nail was in the forehead all along. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wasn't, and maybe it was too hard for me at the time to actually like reflect on what the, the real problem was, because mm-hmm. like you said, at the beginning, being a business owner reveals all the crap that you have to work through. Yeah. And so I inherently didn't believe I was worthy of that dollar amount for some reason. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the nail on the forehead is a good example. Yeah, it really is. I love, I always think it's so funny because it, it applies to so many things, like whether it's communication issues and like a lot of the time it's not, it's not about the nail you just need to listen to them and what they're stressed about. And then they'll take the nail out themselves, but you need to listen to their pain mm-hmm. and whatever it is. So with that, where do you think you learned this we got to dive deeper. Like, was there a particular workshop that you were like, actually, I just, I think I remember, I can't remember what workshop it was, but someone, Kelsey, I think prompted you a question and you were like, I think I need systems. And then all of us started talking like towards you at you, whatever it is. And then you literally like slammed your book shut and you're like, it's completely different. Cool. Okay. Let me reassess. So like, where, where did that come from? Yeah. I wish I remember the exact thing that was said that made me realize that, but I think hearing from the other woman on the retreat that has had a similar business to me, um, but was older, had more experience. She helped me get a lot more perspective in terms of the types of clients that I've been working with and whether or not they actually are my ideal client. Um, and real and realizing and recognizing that I was limiting myself because of limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, around money, around the clients that I could work with, things like that. So I think that was a big aha moment. Um, but I think more so than that realization was the the realization that I have control. 
Mm. It's my business. I can run it how I want. I can work with who I want and I can charge what I want. Right. I mean, to an extent, but I I have the control. The, The power is mine. And, um, I've, I've heard a lot and talked about a lot and listened to a lot of podcasts about the victim mindset. And I'm always anti-victim mindset, right? In like every area of my life, I have the power, I have control. The, the reality is what I make it. But for some reason, I was ignoring that in my business. <laughs> and I ev- like almost every day was, I'm so stressed. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so negatives, right? Yeah. And I think it was one of the workshops that you led that made me really, it slapped me in the face of like the reality that you're experiencing right now, you created, you like, Mm -hmm. you built this monster, you're stressed, overwhelmed, anxiety feelings you did to yourself, Yeah, (laughs) which for me was like, oh shit, I, (laughs) I um, So that was a huge realization because if I built the monster, I can destroy the monster, right? Like if I put myself into this situation, I can get myself out of it. So that was a huge realization for me, um, was I have full control over my daily experiences, my daily emotions. And if I got myself to this place, I can backtrack my way out of it. So that's like what I was saying earlier, the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm not there yet, but I, I understand now, like what I got to do to get there. Yeah. So the workshop that for everyone listening that Molly is talking about is, um, the ATC workshop, which is I episode two, actually, I talk through a verbal, um, ATC workshop and yeah, giving the power that you are creating your reality. You're the reason that you're feeling a certain way you're the reason your actions are a certain way and the world around you is a certain way is a huge slap in the face, but also so powerful because yes, to your point, if you created the monster, you can destroy it. You can change it. You can manipulate it. You can decide that you want your life to be a certain way. You want your life to be a different way. Once you have awareness that you've created something, you can, it's like Frankenstein. Now it's your job to reverse it and destroy it treat it better. So that way it doesn't kill the town, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it truly is, I think the most powerful thought tool, the most powerful tool in general that people can learn is that you're in charge of your reality and you have the complete power and through thoughts, which is so crazy. That is like, if you just, and it's, you know, theoretically so easy, just change your thoughts and it's fine. Obviously it's a lot more work than just change your thoughts because it doesn't happen overnight. But when you get the hang of it, that light becomes brighter. The end of the tunnel becomes closer. The stress becomes a little bit more easier to handle. And the the fear or the disappointment, the all the negative emotions go further and further between them when they happen. Because you're never going to get rid of stress. You're never going to get rid of fear, disappointment. It's always going to come up at some point but you can go longer and further between those things. And it's truly so powerful. So yeah. What has life after the retreat looked like then? It's been great. (laughs) Um, But I have been busier than ever. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like I said at the beginning, it's a great problem to have because the 
the money is good. Mm -hmm. The work is fun. It's lighting me up. Um, the clients that I've taken on, I'm really excited about too, which I think is a big difference from before the retreat. I was taking on some clients that didn't excite me quite as much and weren't the best fits, but the clients that I've signed in the past few weeks are really amazing. Really excited to work with them. Um, really cool brands. Um, I've given myself more time during the day for not working, um, going on walks, stretching. I bought the walking pad for under my desk, which has been nice. Um, really like trying to be intuitive with movement, working out, lifting, but the work aspect of things, I'm still busy, but I brought on what who was a part-time employee to a full-time employee. That's awesome. Yes. yes. Technically, like legally, she's still part-time, but she's 32 hours a week, which like in my brain is pretty much full-time. Full-time. Yeah. Yeah. So um she bumped her hours up April 1st. So it's been about mm. a week with having her full-time. So I've been, it's been a really great test of like trusting someone else to do work, mm-hmm. assigning her tasks kind of shifting what my day structure looks like to review the work she's doing rather than doing the work myself. So I'm really trying to change my mindset around like, I don't need to be in full control of everything. I hired her for a reason. She does a good job. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm training her in all the things. So I'm trying to, instead of shift like this, this mindset of like, only I can do it right. And like, only I can do it. I'm alone to have support. I need to use this support so I can create more peace during my day. So that's another light at the end of the tunnel of like, once she's fully integrated into the full work week, I think it's going to just free up a lot more time. I just now have to be mindful of not filling that time with more and more work and instead (laughs) enjoying my life and doing other things instead. Yeah. Yeah. Finding that balance, especially like as you're taking on people, you know, I am, I'm not there yet in my business. I have like contractors sometimes. Um, but yeah, I bet that that is tricky to not refill the time, but to like check out and be able to work on the business rather than in it. Like you're not having to do all those tasks. That's what, you know, your employees are there for. And that's what the cool thing about building a uh, team is, is now you can step back and do more of that, like CEO, where, where do I see it in five years? Like, what can we do to grow even more and not on the nitty gritty tasks of like, for you example of like writing the copy, making the audits, you can do the CEO stuff, you know? Exactly. So I'm really excited for that. And I don't know if I would have had that realization if I wouldn't have gone to the retreat. Cause I, I was just like, so bar- buried in work that it was, okay, what do I have to do today to like keep people happy? Yeah. And now it's, I can think a little bit more of like, okay, what does next month look like? And then hopefully mm-hmm. soon I'll be able to think what does next year look like? So yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. And the same goes like whether for everyone listening who doesn't own a business, like the same thing goes for any other job, any other life, you know, whether you're thinking about the next work task, the next project, or even the next like trip that you're going on. I know a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are like weekend warriors. So like they go out, excuse me, every weekend and do some kind of adventure. So there's lots of like trip planning, lots of details, lots of things that they're like next thing, next thing, next thing. And they, you know, yeah, great. They're going out and doing, and I'm sure you feel this too. You great. You take quote unquote, a weekend off, but you take your laptop with you or you're paying attention or stressed out about, 
you know, a project that's happening on Monday or whatever it is. And you're not actually giving yourself the space to pause and relieve stress and relax. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Another thing that I did since the retreat is I turned off all work notifications on my phone. And that was huge. I did not realize how much extra stress that was adding to me. Cause like I would take a lunch break and like go into another room and my laptop wasn't in, take some time off. But if my phone's nearby and it dings, of course, I'm going to look at who messaged me. (laughs) So I turned off all notifications and it has helped me during the day, like check out more. So instead Mm. of going to the gym and checking Slack messages in between sets, I'm like, breathing and enjoying myself. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Turning off work notifications. So big, so big. Mm -hmm. So we'll start to wrap up here. What was, or is there any last bit of advice, nugget of wisdom that you would just like to share with people on whatever hamster wheel that they are on? Yeah. I think what I needed to hear the most before I signed up for the retreat was give yourself permission to relax and give yourself permission to take care of yourself. I think especially as women, and I don't even have kids yet, but especially women who have kids, I can not even imagine how easy it is to move yourself down your priority list. It's me not even having kids yet. I move myself down in a heartbeat, but if you have kids in the picture, I bet it's even harder. So I think that's probably what I needed to hear the most. And what I got most from the trip is like, it is not selfish to take care of yourself and it's not selfish to invest in yourself. Um, I hesitated a little bit to sign up for the retreat at first because of the monetary investment and looking back on it now, I feel so dumb for even batting an eye at typing in my credit card information to sign up for the retreat sincerely, because the return on the investment, I couldn't even put a dollar amount on it. I, it was absolutely incredible. So if money is holding someone back, if like fear of stepping back from the day-to-day is holding someone back, like just give yourself permission to invest in yourself financially and with time. Um, I think it's just so important and something I plan to do more and more frequently in my life. Yeah. I remember, and I remember on our consult call, like us thinking about what future Molly would say. And like what you said literally made my heart like skip a beat for you. Like, do you remember what you said? I said it's chump change. Yeah. (laughs) That this two grand chump change for what you're going to get, you know? And like to hear you say that it's even more than that, that it's like priceless is truly awesome. Mm -hmm. And you were such, so fun to have on the retreat and I can't wait for next year. And, um, I'm excited that I am one of the clients now that is hiring you and helping you build the brands that you want to have and work with. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So tell everyone how they can find you, how they can work with you, how they can, if they want copy, if they want website stuff, or if they just want to connect with you and hear more about whatever. Yeah, for sure. My Instagram is where I'm most active. It's acorn digital strategy NW for Northwest. My website is the same, just.com at the end. 
Um, that's where you can find more information about me. Um, if you are a business owner and you want to elevate your online presence and get your email marketing game or social media or blogs or website to really take your business to the next level, I want to talk to you, especially if, especially if you're a wellness or lifestyle brand. Um, love working with women on businesses in those spaces. So yeah, I'd love to connect. If you're in the Seattle area too. I co-founded with our friend Kelsey, the CEO Society. So if you're a business owner in the Seattle area, we have a networking community. Um, You can find it at the CEO Society Seattle. Um, It's CEO Society Seattle on Instagram. And then the same thing, uh, .com for the website if you want to learn more. Um, But yeah, stoked to have that community now for like-minded female entrepreneurs that are badass and taking their businesses to the next level. Yeah. And that one was so cool because you guys sold out your first meeting, right? Yes. Yes. So cool. I love that. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for all the things that you have going on and see what CEO society, see your business morph into what it's going to morph into. I'm so excited. Molly, thank you so much for sharing all that you have shared. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on the podcast and friends. I will talk to you in the next episode.